0: Alright, if you would, take your Bibles, turn to the book of Jonah, in case you don't know where this, it's at, it's a minor prophet, and Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, then the book of Jonah, and uh, as you're turning there, Jonah is actually one of the first uh, prophetical books written chronologically, and uh, I like the book of Jonah. I was reading it recently. I've read through the minor prophets again here recently. And uh, when preacher asked, you know, if, if anybody had anything they wanted to preach, it's, it's more of a thought the Lord's been laying on my heart as I was going through the minor prophets. And when you get to studying the minor prophets, I hope you have at some point in time. I know a lot of people are scared of them, but Jonah kind of sticks out like a sore thumb because all the other prophets they were persecuted. They were faithful men. They did what the Lord called them to do and they preached judgment and they preached repentance and uh, some people got right, some people didn't, some of them were killed. But here you got Jonah, and I call him the reluctant prophet. He's the reluctant preacher. uh, God called him to do something. And uh we're not gonna read the whole book in and of itself. I wanna highlight a few verses as we kinda uh break down each chapter and then I'll go to one more verse and, and I promise I'll be within my time frame. But uh just wanna kinda give you this thought of uh you know, how obedient will we be? How obedient will we be? Uh, in Jonah chapter number 1, uh, in verses 1 and 2, uh, it says, Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the son of, of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. And here we got the command of God to Jonah for him to go to preach to the Ninevites. And if you understand world history, the Ninevites, so Nineveh is the capital city of Assyria. At this point in time, Assyria wasn't that huge empire. It ended up being and taking over Israel. And at the time of Jonah being called there, uh, both kingdoms, uh, the northern kingdom of Israel, the southern kingdom of Judah, were, were alive and strong and well. And they weren't being persecuted by too many people at that time. but. Uh, Uh, Assyria was still known at this time for being a wicked people. And God said, I see their wickedness, and I want you to go preach against it. He said, go cry against them. And in verse 3, we see Jonah's disobedience. He says, but Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish, from the presence of the Lord. Not only did he disobey God, but he tried to get away from the Lord. And if you look on a map, you know, I don't have one in front of you, but if you look at where Nineveh is and when you look at where Tarshish is, it's a 180 degree direction directional difference. Like, you know, uh, yeah, so God told him to go this way. He went exactly the opposite way. He ran from God and ran from God's calling in his life. And, uh, so we know the story. Hopefully you do. If you don't, take time to read it. But, you know, he ends up on the boat and the God sends a storm and they throw him overboard and then the fish swallows them up. And then chapter 2, so chapter 1 kind of deals with his disobedience. And one interesting thing, and maybe preacher, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I always find interesting, verse number 17 almost leads right into verse number 1 of chapter 2. It says, Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. And then verse number 1 of chapter 2 says, Then, then Jonah... So I used to think when I first read through the book of Jonah that, you know, for three days and three nights, Jonah was in the belly of the fish or the whale, whatever you want to call it, crying unto the Lord, Lord, please deliver me. But the way I read it, when you keep it in this context, he sat there and stewed for three days and three nights. And then he cried. Unto the Lord and prayed, and so chapter two we see his will broken, so to speak, and, and uh, God deals with him, and he finally uh, uh, lets go of that hate that he has in his life towards these people of Nineveh. And uh, verses eight through ten we see his will finally broken, and he says, "They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy, but I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord, and the Lord." Spake unto the fish, and it vomited Jonah upon the dry land. And so his will is broken. He finally uh, uh, bends to God's will and says, "All right, Lord, I I will keep that which Thou hast committed unto me, and, and I will I will pay that vow which I vowed to you." God called him to to preach, and and I think he initially answered that call. But when God gave him direction where to preach, that's when he disobeyed. Right, and so here he finally says, "All right, Lord, I'm gonna I'm gonna lay aside these excuses. I'll go." Where you want me to go. And then the fish th- uh, throws them up on dry land. And then we see chapter 3, it, it deals with his partial obedience. God told him to go cry unto these people in Nineveh. In verses 3 and 4 it says, So Jonah arose and went unto Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceeding great city of three days' journey. That means for you to walk through that city, it would take you three full days to walk through that entire city. That's how big the city was. And in in verse 4 it says, And Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey, and he cried and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Now, when you study the other prophets, usually there's repentance. There's, you know, hey, the Lord's calling you to repent or else judgment would come. You don't see that in his preaching. He just says, God's going to wipe you all out in 40 days. That's all he preaches. But yet, these people still repent. Because God had a purpose. God wanted them uh, to see His grace and His mercy. And we'll see that in chapter 4. And, and even though he was only partially obedient in doing what God called him to do, the message still got across and the people knew who Jonah was. It's kind of like uh, me going into downtown uh, Augusta. I, I stick out like a sore thumb, right? You know, that's how Jonah was in Nineveh. He stuck out like a sore th- thumb. He knew... Those people knew who he was. They knew he was a Hebrew. They knew he was a Jew. And they probably knew the Lord he served. And they're like, well, if he's speaking it, it's probably going to happen. We need to get right with the Lord God Jehovah. And it says down in uh, verse number 5, so the people of Nineveh believed God and proclaimed to fast and put on sackcloth uh, from the greatest of them even to the least of them. And then we see Jonah's true nature in Jonah chapter number 4. And this is where, you know, we really see his reluctance, because in verses 1 and 2 it said, But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was very angry. And he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this my saying when I was yet in my country? Therefore I have fled before unto Tarshish, for I knew thou art a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and repentest thee of the evil. See, Jonah knew if he went and preached to these Ninevites that uh God would if they repented, God would forgive them. And I thank the Lord we serve a gracious God and a merciful God that He is willing to forgive us. And that should be a reminder to each one of us that if He's willing to forgive me, He's willing to forgive anybody. And see where I want to lead to, go to Mark chapter sixteen, fifteen We'll read it, I'll pose a question to you, kind of look at one word there and pose a question. I'll sit down and pass the mic on, but it says, uh, Jesus speaking to His disciples here, and it's a very familiar verse, and He said it was one of our memory verses for summer of Scripture. And He said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's the command. Go and sow. We're to go and sow. Go and preach the gospel, right? To every creature. That word always threw me off until I really got to studying it out. And creature there, uh, it's talking about creation, but it also can mean uh, the, the Greek word is uh, Tesis, I think is how you pronounce it. Uh, I'm not a Greek theologian or anything like that. But anyway, when you study it out, it means creation, a created being, but also talks about government, uh, governmental societies or cultures. And so I think one of the things we can take away with the Lord's command is we're not to, to stereotype who we're to share the gospel with. He said, go and so," In Acts chapter 1-8, uh, he, he told the disciples there, go into the whole world, the uttermost parts of the world. And in our day and time, you know, we live in a rough culture, right? It's easy to look at people and say, uh, uh, I think sometimes, I, I won't say we, I'll say I. i become a soil inspector. I say, Lord, that's stony ground. Lord, that's thorny ground. They're not going to accept it. They don't want to hear it. But that's not what the Lord commanded. He said, go and sow to everybody, to every creature. And so don't be a soil inspector. Just go and sow. You know What are we going to do? How obedient are we going to be? Are we going to go and sow? Are we going to be too worried about who, who we think is going to accept it And who's not going to accept it? So, amen. That's what I have.